Welcome to the V-Auto Podcast's special series, Retail Revival. In the series, we'll be taking a closer look at the operational challenges, issues, and opportunities dealers across the country are facing with the COVID-19 crisis. In each series episode, V-Auto thought leaders and dealers will share their insights and perspectives to help you manage your business today and find your way to a brighter tomorrow. I'm your host, Lance Helgeson with V-Auto. Our guest for today's Retail Revival podcast is once again Fiato founder and Cox Automotive Executive Vice President Dale Pollock. Dale, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Lance. It's good to be with you again. Well, Dale, we've asked you back here. It's May 8th, Friday, and we're recording this podcast now, and it's roughly the two-month mark since the COVID-19 pandemic started. Two days ago, you published a blog post that calls for dealers to return to a retail-back approach to used vehicle acquisitions. And I think some of our listeners may be scratching their heads since, you know, about 15 years ago, you were the one who brought the idea of retail-back acquisitions to the market, which sort of begs the question, why now? Why is this the time to tell dealers it's time for a return back to retail back acquisitions? That's a fair question, Lance. Well, the answer is because we saw something quite extraordinary, approximately 45, perhaps closer to 60 days ago. And that is when the coronavirus pandemic hit, we saw an almost immediate cessation of all retail activity. Essentially, the retail market froze. It froze. And fortunately, much thanks to Mannheim that made a fierce decision to keep working, the only source of liquidity that we could find in the automobile market was at the wholesale level. And it's absolutely essential to have some visible liquidity in order to know what a vehicle is worth. Because if you don't know what a vehicle is worth, you don't know how much to pay for a vehicle. You don't know how to price a vehicle. You don't know how to trade for a vehicle. So for a brief moment, we needed to abandon the otherwise prudent way of knowing how to value a used vehicle for retail disposition, and that being the retail back approach. We had to pause on that. We had to look to the only source of visible liquidity we could find, and that was at the wholesale level. But now that the retail markets have come back and come back quite strong, there is once again liquidity at the retail level. And therefore, it is time to return to the more prudent approach to valuing a vehicle. And that's based on knowing how to get out of it before you could possibly know how to get in it. So that starts with knowing what you're going to transact it for and deducting your minimum desired profit, your transportation, your reconditioning in order to derive what you should pay to acquire it. So did you find, Dale, in that brief moment where there was a pause that dealers then just lean back to say more of the traditional cost up approach? Yes, they had to. They had no choice. The only visible form of knowing what a vehicle is worth at the depth of the crisis was in the wholesale lane. So they did have to revert to that. And I urged them to revert to it as painful as it was for me, having advocated for years that the best way is to go retail back. I recognized that it was an extraordinary moment, one that called for an exception to the otherwise prudent approach. What do you see as a risk deal right now for a dealer who perhaps hasn't heard that now's the time to get back to retail back or perhaps doesn't believe in it that might be still, you know, basing acquisition costs and purchase prices at auctions and such on valuation metrics like MMR 
and others. Is there a downside to doing that right now? Sure, there's a downside. It isn't necessarily that valuing a vehicle based on its wholesale value, MMR, is bad. It just isn't optimal because, again, you know, the relationship between wholesale and retail generally moves in tandem, but sometimes it's a little bit like an accordion effect. Sometimes the two spreads are further or closer away. So at any given moment in time, the wholesale value may not accurately reflect what a fair retail price of the vehicle is. And obviously, if it's a purchase for retail disposition, you want to know how much to pay based on the profit that you're likely to make, which requires you having a good firm understanding of what it's likely to retail for. So it's not that valuing a vehicle based on MMR wholesale is bad. It just isn't the best possible way to do it. Now, I have heard, Dale, in the last week or so, you know, as dealers have returned to the auction to acquire inventory because they've been blessed with retail demand and they're right-sizing their inventories, but now they need to add cars. I've heard some say, you know, I'm going back to the auction and I was expecting to get some really great buys, but I'm just not seeing them. I'm coming home empty-handed. What do you see as maybe the factors that are going on there? Right. Nothing could be further from the truth than the belief that right now there are not extraordinary buys at wholesale auction. Well, allow me to explain that. It took several weeks for MMR to adjust to that new lower level. It has now adjusted. So if you're going to the auction looking for a good buy, believing that you're going to buy the vehicles back of MMR, in other words, more than 12% off of where they previously were, it's not likely to happen. But what dealers must realize, the spread between wholesale and retail has never been larger. The average spread right now is $4,800, and that's because the wholesale market dropped about 12%. The retail market has only dropped about 2 or 3%. So if you work to buy vehicles based on the retail back approach, you'll find opportunities to buy cars that give you the largest spread that I've ever seen in my career and perhaps ever in history. Now, Lance, you have to know that this condition is not going to last. This is a temporary ace and a very unusual asymmetry that exists where wholesale markets fell considerably and retail markets did not. So now is the time to buy vehicles at wholesale auction, assuming you need them, because if you work with the retail back approach, you'll find the biggest spreads ever. You know, I used to say it's unlikely you're going to purchase a vehicle at auction that you're going to make a decent gross profit on. There's plenty of vehicles at the wholesale level at auctions that you can make good grosses on. That raises a question, Dale. In the world of profit time, I remember, to your point, you know, dealers saying, and this goes back pre-pandemic, but dealers would repeatedly say that there are no gold or platinum cars at auction. Are we seeing that now in this moment? Absolutely. You can go to the auction today and buy plenty of cars that will come back and score in the profit time system uh, platinum and gold. So it's, again, quite an unusual moment of opportunity. And I want to go back to this asymmetry that you mentioned, Dale. So wholesale values dropped 12% on average. And I think you said that retail asking prices have moved less, like 2%. Why has the retail price range or price points, why are they moving less than the wholesale market? That's an interesting question, and I think there are a couple of reasons. One reason is that there are some dealers who, even in the depth of the crisis, said that it's going to come back. The market's going to come back very strong, and there's no need for me to take a markdown on these vehicles. 
And there are other dealers who said, okay, I realize that the value of the vehicles that I hold in stock today is not what it was pre-COVID. I can't afford to take the loss. And my response to those dealers is, well, you've already taken the loss. It's just a matter of when you choose to recognize that loss. And the sooner you do it, the better. Because those dealers who said that the market was going to come back essentially are betting on the fact that the market is going to come back 10 to 12%. And while it might come back a bit on some types of vehicles, predominantly less expensive vehicles, on the late model vehicles, it will certainly not return to that pre-COVID level. So these are the reasons generally that dealers have resisted moving their prices. And again, that presents a great buying opportunity in the wholesale market. Well, now, Dale, if I'm a dealer and I'm listening to this podcast episode and I'm thinking, okay, well, I really haven't stepped back into the market and maybe I'm not selling as many cars as I might like as well, What's the benchmark or balance point that would suggest that, okay, yeah, it's fine for me to go back, and if I do, maybe how should I proceed? Well, I would not advise a dealer to participate in this new exciting wholesale market unless they have largely liquidated their pre-COVID inventory, because the pre-COVID vehicles that they own, they own likely for too much money, and their first step should be to convert those cars into cash. And it will be painful. They will likely take losses, but it will be less loss today than it will be tomorrow. So the sooner they reduce their legacy or their pre-COVID inventory, the better. Once they have done that, now they've earned the right to go back into this new lower wholesale market and buy the vehicles that possess the type of opportunity that we're talking about. What if I'm a dealer who says, well, okay, how about if I just write down my current inventory and roll from there? Is that an option here? Well, that would be the second best choice. The first best choice, as I said, is to liquidate the inventory, convert the vehicles to cash, number one, because you'll never know when you'll need the cash in a crisis like this. And number two, you can take that cash and repurchase the same vehicles for roughly 12% less. If you're not willing to do that, I suppose the write-down is the second best option. But the problem with the write-down is that it doesn't convert the vehicle to cash, and it still has your cash tied up in, in vehicles, albeit now at a new adjusted proper price. But it hasn't freed up cash that you can use to buy uh, new vehicles. That's a good point. You still have your investment tied up in that likely aged car at this point. One other thing, Dale, and I know you're not really one to like to peer into a crystal ball, but I'll put this question to you. You've mentioned that this current asymmetry, this opportunity in the wholesale market is short-lived. How short do you think it might be? I'm watching numbers on a daily basis that are being generated both out of the retail and wholesale marketplaces. And I feel that I can see pretty well what's going to happen in the next two, three, perhaps four weeks. Much beyond that, it gets very uncertain. But I can tell you what is happening right now is that dealer day supply of retail inventory has dropped considerably. And it has dropped to a level that essentially was pre-COVID and very similar to a year ago right now. So dealers are definitely feeling the need to acquire some inventory in general, and they are showing up in the lanes at auctions. We can see the number of buyers, the number of bids, and actually the prices that vehicles are bringing the wholesale market going up. I believe that May will be marked by a general return to the auction, perhaps not to the level of pre-COVID, but considerably off the lows. 
I think as the month of May wears on, the MMR will rise. It's not going to recover, you know, 10 to 12 points across the board on all vehicles, but some that will recover. And I actually believe that by June 1st, there's likely to be a feeding frenzy at the auction for certain types of vehicles. And I think prices could actually be quite high. But I have to issue a couple caveats on that prediction. Number one, I think the late model vehicles, predominantly the 2019s, will be the ones whose values will suffer the most. So those represent high-risk inventory to the extent that dealers currently have them in stock. And the second cautionary note that I would issue is that I believe that the fairly astounding improvement in used vehicle sales since the lows of mid-March are due to a number of factors. States have reopened. States that have been open have loosened their restrictions on selling vehicles. People are coming out of their bunkers. But the one effect that has led more to the improvement than any others by far is the government stimulus money. You see 120 million households just received a check between 12 and $2,400. And when surveyed, 7% or 8.5 million people said they were going to use it to buy a car. And in fact, they are. So what I'm concerned about, Lance, is that unless the government repeats that program, it could be a one and done. And in fact, I've been watching on a daily basis, the rate of used vehicle sales improvement has tapered off considerably and it's flattened and I expect it's actually going to come down. So what that means is that the sales activity that dealers have seen in the past 30 days is not likely to be as robust in the coming 30 days. But because their inventories are coming down, they're likely to go to auction believing that it will remain that robust. And again, as I said, unless the government repeats the program, I don't think it will be as robust. But that might cause dealers to think they need more inventory than they actually do. And again, there'll be a little bit of a buying frenzy, I believe, by the end of May, beginning of June. And I would just hope that dealers are not believing that what we've seen in the last 30 days is driven by fundamentals. Rather, they should see it largely driven by stimulus and perhaps one-time stimulus. As dealers go back to the auction, it sounds like prudence is perhaps the operative word of the day. Under typical normal conditions, I advise dealers to stock a number of vehicles that equates to their last rolling 30-day used vehicle sales total. Today, I'm advising dealers to stock between 60 and 80% of their last rolling 30 days. And the reason that I'm adjusting that to 60 or 80% today is because I'm not sure that we have yet seen all of the turmoil that the used car market may present. I think that there's some conditions out there that if they occur, could cause further drops in values. And I'm speaking now specifically towards the more expensive vehicles, the 2018, 19s, and 20s. But there could also be other adjustments, you know, if this infection resurfaces or a few other things happen like leasing companies, returning vehicles. I mean, we could yet see some more turmoil in the used vehicle market. So I think staying a little bit on the lighter side of your otherwise prudent need for unit count, I think it's just good advice under these conditions. And one last question, Dale. I want to go back to those dealers that maybe aren't as mobile in this current environment as perhaps they could or should be. But let's say for a moment that I'm a dealer that hasn't worked my way through that legacy pre-COVID inventory, haven't really adjusted my prices. What do you recommend as a first step? Let's say I listen to this podcast and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. 
In terms of pricing, what kind of steps? Is it just draconian cuts and get rid of them? Or what do you recommend there? Well, what I recommend is the profit time approach. And the premise of the profit time approach says that all vehicles are not equal. Some vehicles represent much more risk than others. Some vehicles represent much more opportunity than others. Some demand much more of a greater sense of urgency in the form of greater discounts than others. And knowing which ones are which is really key to that liquidation strategy with the least possible pain associated with it. So my answer to that would be to use the investment-minded approach of profit time. And then find the spot maybe within a competitive set where that car has the greatest likelihood to move fast too, correct? That's exactly correct. I mean, some vehicles, and this is what Profit Time will tell you, some vehicles need to absolutely be priced at the very low end of the competitive set. Other vehicles will sell fast in the middle or even in some cases the high side of the competitive set, so you don't need to over-discount those vehicles. So there is definitely a prudent way of liquidating your inventory versus what I might refer to as a peanut butter approach where you just simply spread the discounts or the urgency equally across all vehicles. That's a pretty crude, blunt instrument approach to a very delicate, critical objective. Here's just a quick light question, Dale, before we wrap up. If we talk about peanut butter, are you a chunky or a creamy guy? (laughs) I'm definitely a chunky guy. Me as well. Well, Dale, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you again for joining us and taking time to share your perspective. That's my privilege, Lance. Thanks so much. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening into this V-Auto podcast. Until the next episode, stay well. Stay well.